Welcome to the Dental Business Guide podcast. From money to marketing to management, this podcast will help you run a better dental business. Hello. Well, um, welcome back to the Samara Dental Business Guide podcast, and this is Aaron Mera. And today I'm talking with Nigel Crossman, our commercial finance head, um, about private practice, what's been going on in the market, especially since lockdown. So Nigel, from your perspective, what's what's happened in private practice overall, I suppose, or, or the general trend that you've seen anyway? Right, morning, Aaron, and morning, everybody. Um, yeah, what, what's tend to happen is that the private practices have done well uh, since, since the uh, reopening after the first lockdown. Obviously, there was a, a, a slow take-up of work as people came back to the dentist. There were those who came back because they were, they were obviously in pain. A lot of people didn't want to book appointments initially. Um, but what we're finding, the trend we're finding, especially with management information showing the income since lockdown, is that private practices are, are starting to really overperform. So um, that's down to a, a lot of reasons. Um, one of the reasons being that um, they can obviously see almost the same number of clients they saw previously. That's the first thing because of, yeah. they don't have a lot of downtime. They, they have more time between patients anyway. And in many cases, a lot of private practices weren't working at 400%. So they had spare chair capacity anyway. Yeah. And, we, and where a practice has got one or two, well, probably two surgeries, they can rotate the chairs. Um, those, we're also finding that private practices have been quicker to put in things like air filtration systems and, and ventilation. And that, of course, has, has helped with the downtime as well. I suppose most importantly, what's happened here is that the, the NHS people, obviously, have only been seeing emergency people. and They might have been doing a few appointments on the side of that for reviews, but they're seeing nowhere near the number that they were seeing in, in, the, in the previous year. Now, people still need to see the dentist. So a proportion of those people have moved quite swiftly over to private practice. Mm. And then, so this has helped boost the income of a lot of private practices. And one of the big problems is getting this across to the lenders because they're not, they're not particularly close to the sectors. Sure. And we're, we're very close to the sector. You, as you, you know, so me to your, your wife owns some practices, so I get a lot of information from that. Yeah. And obviously from our clients, we get a lot of information. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think the lenders, you will see this in the accounts, how they're reflected maybe six to 12 months down the line i guess that's when they'll see it okay and i suppose it's important that the lenders are aware that there is a demand in the private sector from patients um and there's also demand from dentists wanting to do private because as you quite 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 clearly said there's the uncertainty of the nhs okay so people are trying to think okay i'm going to move further into the private sector and offer private services what we're seeing as a result of that is um more as we said on previous podcasts that people are starting up squats or turning their nhs bias practices into more private um and we're seeing more competition out there so there's the, the demand for marketing dental services privately is growing because patients want these types of things so as you said nigel i think i've seen in my my wife's clinics meters a neem tree yeah, the demand is very very strong okay um, it was strong before COVID. It's just as strong now, primarily because, as you said, people want to get their dental health sorted out and they're sitting at home. Um, they've got money in their pockets. Certain people have. Um, they can't spend it on holidays. They can only spend it on a few items. Okay. Maybe their oral health, maybe 
some furniture or doing something to their house. Um, now, will this continue post lockdown? I think to some extent it will. I think it's still going to be strong. Um, and personally, I think I, if I was a betting man, I'd bet on the private sector um, as, an, as, a, as an investor as opposed to the NHS sector because there's just there's too many unknowns in my, in my mind. But that's just that's just me, and I'm, perhaps I'm biased, but that's how I see it. Do, do you agree or not? Yeah, yeah, I do agree. I think I think um, there are a lot of things that have changed in, in the last in the last few years. People were drifting more towards private capital anyway. There was a yeah. general drift towards private, as there is in most things. Mm. Um, this COVID thing has accelerated that. You then got the um, additional thing of next year with targets being set at NHS practices at forty five percent UDA UDAs, mm. uh, which is going to I mean, that's less than half of what they were doing previously. So, again, you've got half the number of appointments, in effect, mm. in, in the wind. And um, the only alternative is to, is to go private, because you're not going to find another NHS dentist. One of the issues lending-wise, funny enough, is, um, yes, we're, we're clearly seeing, and management information, we're clearly seeing an uplift in income yeah. on practices. And... As always, um, with lenders, especially the main banks, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because their first their first thought when they see increased turnover is suspicion. And they, can this be maintained? Why has this happened? Yeah. What, what what happens if this happens? What happens if that happens? So it's it's a question of reassuring some of these lenders that you know we we're close to it. We know what's happening. Mm. We can see what's happening, and it will continue. For, for quite a while yes it's sustainable because the nhs service is not going to be there for, for them in the future but in a near future and possibly far future yeah. So yeah private practices are doing well people are more aware of oral hygiene people want to look not i mean look nicer you can just tell that even over the last five years from the growth of invisalign yeah you know that that is that is mushroomed into such a Oh, monster work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, as you said, COVID has exacerbated. People are on Zoom all the time, talking. People want to look presentable and good and want straight teeth. And eventually we will get out of this Zoom loop and be outside meeting people. And, they want, and they've got money in their pocket. They want to spend it um, yeah. on themselves. So I think that's been a real kind of catapult for the private dentist, dental sector. So if you, if, so if you were... Kind of advising people on dentistry now. Someone who wants to, who's got, who's got ambitions to having their own clinic or buying a clinic. And what would you say to them if, in, in this instance, especially with the boom, boom or growth in private? Yeah, I don't think the sort of the indications we give has changed that much because if you were buying a practice that was fifty percent NHS and fifty percent private, I mean the fact the fact is that it's very hard to grow that NHS side. You're not mm. going to grow it. Your contract's going to be the same every year unless sure. you get another contract from anywhere, which is unusual. The, the development and the growth side was the private side. So whilst um, a lot of people still like to have that, that security of a little bit of income that's coming in every month from the NHS, it's about looking at the size of the contract, I think, and making sure it's not too big. Yeah. Making sure making sure that, you know, that there are plenty of practices out there to buy that can be developed. Yeah. There are a lot of there are a lot of we see a lot of private practices that have been open two or three years that are struggling because they weren't opened correctly. Yeah. 
perhaps in the right format and they weren't done correctly, which is a shame. So they're, they're for sale. But also there are a lot of practices for sale where people still don't have websites. They still don't do any marketing. Yeah. Uh, lifestyle businesses where people are happy to earn the money they've been earning rather than grow the business. Mm. So there are plenty of things out there. And yes, I think the growth in private will continue because people, I mean, I was, I was born in the 50s and people had uh, silver fillings. Mm. That's, that's Everybody had them. Um, to, go to, to go to a private dentist, you had to be wealthy. Yeah. That's, that's not the case now. It's changed. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's changed dramatically. And, you know, the whole dentistry has changed dramatically. And, and white fillings are so common now, even in NHS dentists, mm. where they will up, upsell in effect sure. to a white filling from, from a silver filling. Um, and, and that makes a big difference. And so generally, as you said, people are drifting towards looking nicer. It's the film style look. Mm. You want to look like they're, they're role models. Correct. Yeah. And, and they have got, and as you quite rightly say, a lot of people have got money in their pocket because at the moment in lockdown, let's be honest, you can't go out. You can't do anything. Yeah. Um, apart from order from Amazon. Yeah. And, and, and that's it, really. But I, that, and there's nothing else to do with your money. Correct. So I, th- I think you've hit, yeah, I'm saying you hit a, a really impo- important point there also, I think. Also, the culture of people have moved on since the, like, over the last 10 years. So, as a result of Amazon and the likes, people want things not in three weeks' time. They want it now, okay? So they're not going to wait to go to an NHS clinic. They will say, oh, I'll go on Google. They'll find a clinic. I can get an appointment tomorrow. They're done, okay? So it's convenience is a huge aspect here. And I think that's where NHS clinics have perhaps not really considered that in the in their mix of how they offer services. People want instant gratification, as Amazon does with in terms of buying things, but in the dental context, people want convenience. They want to get to be able to see their dentist tomorrow or, or the next day or on a Sunday or on an evening. Do NHS clinics offer that? Some do, but very many don't. Okay, And I think that's where um, the culture has to change out there in the sector to, to, to embrace this. And I know many clinics do now, private clinics are doing these things. They're building their businesses around the patient as opposed to building it around what the NHS says or as opposed to what the dentists want. You've got to build your business around what the patient demands are and then and serve them that way. So, yeah, it's an interesting time. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a believer that uh, patients will dictate how um, dentistry is offered, okay, uh, or, or demanded, and um, patients – have the power uh, whether you like it or not really okay um therefore you need to be able to satisfy the patient needs that's no, my I, think view. <laughs> I think it's very true i think i think life has just changed yeah and um you know i mean at my age i would never have dreamt that i'd be ordering all my all my stuff that i need off amazon correct and i wouldn't believe that you know um department stores would, would no longer exist yeah yeah. And, and they don't really. They're, they're all going out of business. And it's interesting that the people buying these retail retail stores that are struggling are all online companies. They're they're all online, and they don't yeah. want the premises, do they? No, no, they don't want the premises, which is going to free up. Not very helpful for squat practices, unfortunately, because mm. you really don't want to take the lease on a Debenhams building. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it might be a bit big for a squat practice. Sure, 
But um, but some of these smaller units, I mean, unfortunately, most closed shops are too big, but there are, there are still smaller units, and there'll be a knock-on effect because as the high streets crumble, in effect, and they have done for years with hypermarkets and retail parks and everything else, they've all contributed to it. Um, slowly but surely, you will have service industries in high streets. Correct. Correct. And that's what we are seeing. We're seeing service industries. People you have to go to are tile shops. If you want to look at the colour of a tile in person, you've got to go there. Yeah. You want your ears pierced, you've got to go with your ears pierced. Sure. Kind of, you know, shoes mended, that sort of thing. You yeah. can't do that sort of thing. And dentistry, obviously, is one of the main ones you cannot have done in your own home. Correct. You, yeah. You've got to go to the dentist, like you have to go to the doctors. And so I think the high streets will turn very much into service areas with cafes and things that people want to do for yeah. relaxation rather than shopping. One, 100% agree with you. you know, as, we, as you said, we saw this pre-COVID, but now I think it's just accelerated as a result of it. And uh, hence, I suppose we're getting and, – and a, and a relaxation in the planning laws, as we've mentioned previously, yeah. has just exacerbated this point where you find a high street, you find an empty unit, you can put a dental practice there nine times out of 10 now that there won't be really any issues. Um, so it's an exciting time um, in the private sector. Personally, I believe, I think um, one point Nigel mentioned earlier where, where people, there are private practices for sale that haven't done very well. Okay. And that's a really important point as well. Um, if I look back at clinics that have struggled, the ones that have struggled really haven't either got the location right or they didn't really understand marketing or they haven't really invested in the marketing side of things, which is paramount in today's competitive marketplace. Um, and they haven't really designed it. They've, they've built a clinic it's, that's kind of built around them that looks lovely and it looks beautiful, but really doesn't um, get the patients through the door because they haven't invested in that. They spent too much money on kitting out with all the latest giz- gizmos, but quite often or not, they've run out of money to actually do the marketing, which is ultimately what brings in the customers. Okay, so um, private sector, in a nutshell, exciting, but um, tread carefully. And uh, remember, I suppose, the most important thing, if you're going down that private route, stand out, be different. That's the really key thing. You've got to stand out and be different in this marketplace. Otherwise, you'll struggle. Okay, Nigel, thank you today. Um, talking about the private sector, any any last comments you want to say or? I think I would just reiterate what you said there, Alan, that when you're looking at, if you're looking at doing a squat practice or, or even buying a small practice, you've got to look at your costs very, very carefully. Mm. And then we, we talked about it on boot camp, and I'd recommend to anybody who's thinking of doing this to come to one of the boot camps because they'll, they'll get a huge amount of information. But I talked on there and I talked about, you know, when, when you're looking at your costings, there is what you want, what you actually need, yeah. and then what you can afford. Yeah. Hopefully, you need and afford um, to come in line together. Mm. But you know, if you, you can't want everything in your surgery on day one, mm. not unless you're not unless you have got lots and lots of cash. And mm. and it's and it's those clinics that have suffered because they haven't been set up correctly or haven't taken the correct advice. And it, I say this to a lot of people when we go back to them on the first lot of projections, they they come on the phone and they go, "Why have you done this? And why have you done that?" And I think, well, because. We're being careful. We're being prudent. You know, we're being sensible. You know, these this is what a bank would do to you, to your costings. So you've got to look at it very carefully. And we don't. We we have a nice conversation. Eventually, people see see that we're we're talking sense, and and it brings the cost down. And so people have got to just be careful 
realistic and sensible on your costings and and talk to people who know what they're doing sure. you know, that is just so important that that affects solicitors accountants everybody yeah totally totally well thanks Nigel. okay um, um we could probably talk for another half an hour on this subject but i think we've kind of encapsulated it well um, in these 15 minutes okay so thanks a lot and uh, everybody check out our podcast and look out for the next one that's coming soon okay thank you thanks aaron thanks for listening in to the dental business guide podcast we welcome your feedback and if you're enjoying it please let your friends know too until the next time on the dental business guide podcast